Hello. Hello. I'm Mark. And I'm Joe. And this is Finish Big. Big. Yes, we are listing our way through all the big Finnish releases. Yes, and that has never felt more relevant than the episode we're going to record today. Well, they have so many different ranges and they've tried so many different things, haven't they? That there's always going to be the odd thing where we're like, what is this? We've never heard of this. Or... I don't think in the entire run of Big Finish we'll ever say, what the hell is this, more than Earth Search Mind Warp. Because I should <laughs> tell you what... I've been online trying to find out some information about Earth Search Mile or some reviews or something on YouTube because, you know, everything, everything to do with Doctor Who and Doctor Who spin-offery tends to be examined in some depth, except this. Well, it's its own thing, isn't it? It's not anything to do with Doctor Who. But it's, it's made by Doctor Who own... peoples. Well, yeah, it's made by Big Finish. Um, well, yeah, we are talking about Earth Search Mind Warp this time, uh, and just that. Um, but shall, before we go into it, shall I do the uh, the science part? Science? And just do the facts and the... Yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> science, <laughs> the forensic right. part of this. So Earth Search Mind Warp was first released in June 2001 in three separate chapters. It then... Uh, was re-released as a download only in December 2017. So it's still available now on download. Why in 2017? I don't know, he just decided to repackage. I think that's when downloads became more sort of available. And then it went on offer in 2022, and Mark was really annoyed because he paid full price the day before it went on offer. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, it stars India Fisher, Leon Paris, and also features Colin Baker... And legend. Nicholas Courtney. Another legend. And it's, Do you know what? That's not a bad cast, is it? It's a great cast. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Please continue. Um, it's written by the same person that wrote Earth Search. So Earth Search was quite a highly regarded Radio 4 series, uh, which was first broadcast in 1981, and then it had another follow-up, Earth Search 2, in 1982. Very imaginatively titled, I have to say. Uh, by someone called James Foley. Is it Follett? Follett or Follett? I say Follett, you say Follett. Oh, I you do, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) James Follett, yeah. Who, from what I can see, has written 20 books. And then, so then Mind Warp, Earth Search Mind Warp, is based on a novel that he wrote. Yeah. Um, So what I've read about Earth Search, because we've not heard the Radio 4 thing, but that seems to be quite, in my mind, it was a sort of Asimov-y style, quite high concept sort of sci-fi series. Yeah, That's I think the it's something about uh, AI taking over human civilization, and it's a spaceship that's looking for for Earth. Hence the term Earth, Earth search. search. Yeah. yeah, and then so this is a slight sort of prequel to those series. It's not exactly. I don't think it exactly fits in. Well, you say a slight prequel. So I, I, so I was just looking for anything on Earth Search Mind Warp online. And I did find some Amazon reviews of people that had read the original book and listened to the original audios. And in one of the reviews, I won't name and shame who it was, they actually said that the audio really doesn't make the links to the original Earth Search explicit enough. And actually the book, so this is Earth Search Mind Warp is a book yeah. written by James Follett, Follet. <laughs> 
Filet. <laughs> <laughs> Filet. <laughs> um, and the book makes it far more explicit, like the links to the the original Earth Search. So I think I think somewhere uh, Jacqueline Rayner's you know shoved all this in the blender to create an audio drama that is digestible and listenable on its own. But actually, the the book that this is based on mm-hmm. it's far more it sort of um, links to the original earth search story well actually it says here and we oh, sorry i didn't finish my production things so yeah. it's um adapted by jacqueline rayner from the novel by james fillet which is always a good sign and it does say in the cd notes a prequel to the classic radio 4 science fiction drama and it's also produced and directed by jason haig ellery so the big cheese got involved in this one yes now may i say that is not always a good thing because i think jason haig ellery is i mean do you know what stories he's directed He's directed some totally random things. The Rapture. Well, he did a Tomorrow Person. I think he... Did he? People. Yeah, it was the worst of the four. It was the one we said was the worst of the four. Sign of the Olix. <laughs> he directed The Rapture. He directed Sympathy for the Devil. And I'm going to say flat out, yeah, I don't think Jason Hillary is a great director. And don't get me wrong, he's a great producer. He's brought out nine million Big Finish audios. Like, he can get these things made. But as a director of drama, do you know who he reminds me of? Who? Bill Baggs. Oh, no. Yeah, well, yeah. well, they're friends, aren't they? They all sort of well, hung around in those early days, to, didn't they? Went to the same directing school then, didn't they? No, because Nick Briggs can direct. Oh, yes. But, well, you I know, Gary so. Russell can mm. direct. And they're all from the sort of the same, the same pool. But this is one of the earlier spin-offs or different ranges that they're deviating from the do- the world of Doctor Who and this was later broadcast on radio BBC 7 so I feel like this is their first sort of dip into trying to get to a, a wide rather than their Doctor Who CD buying niche audience because we're in 2001 here I think they're trying to produce a few things that maybe they can sell to be broadcast on Radio 4 for that oh, kind of audience. Okay. I mean, if I was if I was so, Jason Aguero, that's how I would be thinking. Do you see what I mean? And, oh, let's use our, our Doctor Who people that we've got and try and get, yeah, get things out there and sort of go not just do Doctor Who things. So this is a very early example of so, that. And because this is this is like a well-respected novel, because this is a well-known And it's already author, got that supposed audience, maybe. Radio 4, people like that will pick it up. And then Big Finish's name will get out there. Mm. That's really clever. Do you want to hear from the Follet's mouth? Because I've got a little quote. I'm turning the tables on you. <laughs> I've got a quote from James Follet here, because he's written on the CD here. I think it's Follet. Okay, Follett then. James, that's it. Follett will now talk. Well, he's talking from the grave, you know, he's dead now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I've got some facts about him. I'll tell you in a minute. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Mind Warp is the logical curtain raiser to Earth Search, the science fiction series I wrote for BBC Radio 4 in the early 1980s. I was so excited that rather than await the outcome of a protracted negotiations for a new Radio 4 series, I got straight down and wrote Mind Warp in novel form which is a good way of getting the story pinned down on paper. After Seven House published Mind Warp in 1994, I realised that adapting it for sound was going to be tougher than I imagined, so I kept putting it off. Thankfully, Big Finish are made of sterner stuff, and this is their excellent result, an audio version of Mind Warp the way it was meant to be in the first place. Oh, OK, so it wasn't supposed to be a novel. Well, I, th- I think it would have been the third Radio 4 series if he'd got around to it and everything, so... Have you noticed that in these early days, right, if they want to adapt anything, a novel or James Foley's work, 
Pull yeah. it. Pull it. They pull in Jacqueline Rayner. Well, she adapted those early Bernice stories, yeah. didn't she? And we loved those. We did like those, yeah. And maybe she's a fan of Earth Search. Who knows? Maybe she is a fan of Earth Search. I'll say this, yeah, that whether it's Jacqueline Rayner putting this through the blender or James Foley's original novel, the structure of this thing is very odd indeed. So we, each CD is 45 minutes long. Yes. So they're fairly short. I was expecting... Something a bit heavier, actually, but they are quite light and easy to listen to. Should we talk about the basic premise of this thing? Yeah, okay, so let's just do, like... We haven't done this before on these, have we? Spoilers no. coming up. If you haven't heard Earth Search, stop now, download it from Big Finish, um, and then listen to it and then come back. But don't whinge, because this is basically the only fucking review out there of Earth Search. <laughs> so be grateful that someone's actually talking about the thing. So we have this... Can um, I say it? Can I say it? Oh, well, actually... Can I say it? Do you, go on, you say it. Adama. <laughs> Shall I just read... To us, there is only Adama. Adama. Shall I read the just the, the blurb from the first one? Because it does give a bit of a... I think, actually, it, it's, yeah. it's all the pertinent okay. points. What about so, the twists? I'll pretend to be Colin Baker reading this, OK? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this is how the actual CD starts, anyway, as Colin Baker's Adama. monologue. Adama. A great dome city encased in rock, deep beneath the surface... Generation after generation of people have gone about their lives in a world of finite space and infinite resources. Never pondering the many inconsistencies around them, they have been taught not to. To them there is only Alama and Diablo, the evil land against which they fight an eternal war. And the outdoors? Well, that's just a myth. Something to frighten children, a threat for those who disobey the guardian of destiny. No one questions why things are as they are. No one wonders if there could be something more until now. Listening to go. that, now I know why they brought Colin Baker in <laughs> to, to say that at the beginning and not you. Um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, so basically it's all set in this big underground city called... Alama. <laughs> Sorry, it's just the way Colin Baker says at the beginning. We've been going around saying that for the last three weeks <laughs> listening to this thing. Um, called Arama. <laughs> and we've got the two central characters who are so we have Ewan and Janine Ewan as played by Leon Paris and Janine played by our favourite India, India Fisher, Fisher. Um, and so Ewan is starting to question isn't he question Arama and their way of life. They're, they're governed by the G.O.D., which is the Guardian of Destiny. Effectively, it's like a, a big supercomputer that runs their daily life. Now, I think this ties into Earth Search, where the Spaceship Challenger is run by an AI computer. So it's all sort of linked into the same uh, themes and ideas. And essentially, the, first, the whole first CD is you and like dissecting their way of life and it and, and basically looking at all the inconsistencies of of their culture well it sets up a good mystery because you have to get a feel for the world and it does take a little bit of time so they're underground there's no they're just in this dome they have been taught that there is nothing else beyond like all the rock around them there is nothing else and he's having dreams though isn't he of the great outdoors so they call it the big blue dome yeah so he's having visions of like the Earth Sky, basically. And we have Nicholas Courtney, who is only in the first CD, yeah. as this... Um, he's, like head, he's like their school teacher. 
very he sort strange of knows what's going on. And he's not he's, great, yeah, no, is he? It is not brilliant. It is not a brilliant performance. Well, because I, I feel he's like he's got to play um, Nicholas Courtney when Ewan is a young man, like a child. Then he's got to play him when he's a full-grown adult. So he starts off and he just sounds basically like Nicholas Courtney. And then later on, he's kind of doing this old man voice. I, I think it's just Nicholas <laughs> Courtney old. Oh, I think they might have just put some dentures in his mouth or something. He's it's not, not great. great. I feel you can really feel him just reading the lines off yeah. the page in that. Yeah. Um, Where, which is not something you could accuse India Fisher of in this. Uh, so India Fisher, who is Ewan's friend, and they're sort of the team that go along throughout this, um, she's just Charlie Pollard, Peril from Winter Be a Dead. She's got all of exactly the same energy. She's like, oh, come on, Ewan. Da, 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 da. Oh, but, no. Like, she's exactly the same. Like, it's say, just oh, India oh, Fisher. And, she, and that is no bad thing for me. I'm going to say two things about Indy Fisher in this. One is I think Indy Fisher just has wonderful setting as an actress. <laughs> and that is this sort of bubbly, infectious, Charlie Pollard-esque character. And that's, that's her wheelhouse. You know, that's what she does. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen her play anything different. <laughs> no. Oh, she was even a bit Charlie Pollard when she played Charlie Pollard's evil Nazi sister. Exactly the same, yeah. Still bubbly and, sh- you know. Um, and secondly... She is the fucking MVP of this entire release. If she wasn't in this, I think it might be a little bit interminable. But what you've got is a really fun character who's effectively investigating all the mysteries with Ewan, who's really fun to be with. So she's where all the humour is and all the fun is. And she's like, oh, you know, gumption, let's go on a jolly adventure. You know, like, it's 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 her that makes this. It's not, like, serious, serious. There is there is bits of humour in it. It's it's high. I, I call it high concept sci-fi. Maybe to some people it's not. Do you but... know what I'd call it? I call it. It reminds me of sort of nineteen fifties pulp sci-fi. A little bit. It's yes. really leaning into like a, an, an out there civilization. Because mm. I don't think. Well, it was called Earth Search, so we know they're searching or the Earth's involved somewhere. But originally, in that first disc, it's all set on. Adama. Well, well, and they've been told they've got this war with uh, Diablo, this other civilization. But they drop very early that that is all a lie. Well, no, uh, you find that out in the beginning of the second one. So, yeah, it's all set up where basically these um, young people are sort of chosen to be technicians. This is going to be your life. You're taken away from your family and everything. And some of them end up going on the front line to fight. Diablo and are sort of never seen again. So there's this mystery there, and the, I really like that twist where it's a good Ewan's, twist. Um, Ewan's brother goes is is off as um, to fight the Diablons. Anyway, there's a big sort of trial thing. Ewan gets sent to the front line, and he thinks he's fighting a Diablon, uh, and so sort of comes face to face, you know, with weapons. Uh, and he shoots it, this Diablon, and it turns out it's his brother. And his brother's like, oh, my God, you're working for these Diablons. Can't... And they his both, brother thinks they he's think, a Diablon. Yeah. Where, and then it turns out that, yeah, the Diablons don't exist. They've just been fighting each other and without knowing. I, I, that, so that's brilliant, that, actually. That I did not see that coming. As a reversal there. But then later on, when Colin Baker explains basically the entire plot, and boy, are we going to get there... Um, He's like, yeah, we invented the Diablons because there are some things that we all need in life, i.e. something to fight against. And I was just like, is that it? 
Like, so basically the Arama is a constructed society and they've invented the Diablons to basically distract them from the fact that it's a constructed society. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't know if anyone had questioned this before, but I mean, I'd question it straight away. If you call someone a Diablon, <laughs> what a name. <laughs> like, they could have thought something else. Isn't a Diablo the thing with the stick? Like a circusy thing where you've got that wooden thing and you've got a bit of string and you go, you sort of rub it and it goes flying. Yeah, I think so, yeah. That's a Diablo, isn't it? I'll keep saying it's a diorama, but I think, <laughs> I think that's a small model, isn't it? I'm not sure, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, so yeah. But so, you know what it reminded me of? The Aramans and the Diablons. What? In this conflict. Sorsons. No, oh. it reminded me of the Atrions and the... Zeons. Zeons from Armageddon oh, Factor. Yeah. yeah. And actually, the way this was um, uh, a sort of entirely interior... Society that reminded me of Armageddon Factor as well. I could see this being made on the cheap during the Graham Williams era. Mm. <laughs> oh, you've got here, um, Alistair Locke. You know, your what does he act in fun- it? Well, he does the sound design, but he also plays a Diablon guard apparently. In oh, this, really? yeah, no, I've got to say, I did think that the sound design overall was pretty strong, and I think Alistair Locke can do no wrong. Can I just say, as a little divergence here, the music in this thing. Well, oh my God, it be was careful the most what you say about the music. pulpy, synthy music I've ever heard in my life. Oh, yeah. So, well, actually, the music, unusually, is by Leon Paris, star of Earth Search <laughs> himself. So he's Not very you busy and on himself. This. You and himself. So he had to do the music and act. And I don't think he did both very well no. at all. Because no, there's these no. moments where it's sort of like... This sort of romantic piano da, where they're having these da, monologues like, da, da. what are we going to do? And it, I feel oh. like someone's going to turn up with a rose in his mouth. Can you do me a favour? Yeah. Play the music. I'm sharing your dream with you, Ewan. You've tried to understand it, but you haven't shared it. I think I have, the way you've described it. And if you think there's a life other than in Arama, then I want to help you find it. You mustn't have anything to do with me, Janine. Why not? Because I don't want to be your technician. I don't want to be ordained. And who says I want to be ordained? You must, Janine. I have to get away. I have to escape from... from everything. But not from me? No, not from you. Honestly, I f- honestly, I feel absolutely bewitched after listening to that. The seductive electronic music of Leon it's Paris. It's like a bit sort of soap opera oh, in a way. Fun. It did sound like it had come from an episode of 90s Neighbours. It's very yeah. strange. So, yeah, so part one, we're investigating with them, finding out about this world, what's what's out there. Part two is proper, more investigating, what was uh, it, and what? they're questioning, and then they finally get out at the end of part two. Don't I they? thought part two was the best part because it kind of ditches exploring Arama, and then Ewan and... What's her name? Janine. 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 <laughs> That's such an 80s name. You can tell this is Ewan and Janine are essentially... Um, they find, like, a scientific base, don't they? Like an expl- Well, they, uh, they scientific- manage to climb out of this dome through the rocks and up and out... But it's no, it's a theme park. It's like a deserted theme park, oh, which is right. really weird. Yeah. And there's like this roller coaster where it's like, it, I think this is what happens. They go up onto the roller coaster and up and sort of through the sky and out again. Do you know what that reminded summer. me of? You know when they were on the roller coaster? It reminded me of that scene in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when Arthur Dent and Slarty Bartfast were inside that bubble yeah, going it's, down yeah, into like the that. planet. It it's something like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but do you know what's nice about it? What's nice about that whole episode is, it's them 
kind of discovering the Earth's surface, but describing the whole thing in Araman terms. So like the Great Dome, Blue Dome and things like that. So I thought that that was actually in terms of like science fiction, it was taking stuff that we recognise and giving it a new slant because they were trying to understand it in their own terms. And I thought that was quite interesting. And you had no idea where it was going to go once they'd got out and found this deserted theme park of all things. I was not <laughs> expecting that. And they're in the restaurant and she's like, oh, order, presses the button and loads yeah. of soup comes out. And she's like, what's no, this? No, she called it salp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things like that. I really enjoyed oh, it. It was really fun. And Jacqueline Rayner can do that in her sleep because she does, she does that in Earthworld the eighth Doctor novel where it's set in the future and they've got a theme park that's all based on old Earth and they've got all the details wrong. So they've got dinosaurs rubbing shoulders with the Beatles and things like that. So Jacqueline Rennick can make that stuff really, really fun. Although I'm wondering if a lot of that's in the novel. I don't know. Maybe we should have read the novel. Maybe. <laughs> I don't want to put too much effort into this mm. thing. Do you know? <laughs> like... But then as it goes on, that, that exploration goes mm. well into part three yeah. and the majority of part three just carries on with that and it's just yes. janine and ewan searching the, the searching the searching surface. i mean i know yeah. it's called earth search but they do a bloody long search uh, <laughs> and it, and then you get all this explanation right at the end of part three right are you ready for this here we I go go on off, your, off have your rant okay well no and i said to you didn't i i said this is appallingly structured because essentially, right, you've got two and a half hours of this pair, like, earth searching. And then Colin Baker comes along at the end, who's like, he, well, who's that great high minister or something from Arama? Cato Inman, actually. And delivers a 15 minute exposition dump saying, right. Now I'm going to tell you what this whole story was about all along. So we did this. and you can explain all the details of that in a minute. But that is no way to tell a story. What should have happened is, as we are going on this earth-searching adventure with this pair, Ewan and Janine, they should be discovering the details of the story. A bit like, we've been watching an episode of Catfish recently, right? And the best thing about Catfish is, is you go on the investigation with the person being catfished, and you're shocked and horrified as the details are explained as it goes along. This is just the pair of them going, oh, well, what's this soap? You know, what's this blue dome of the sky? What's, and it's all that for two and a half hours. And then Conor Baker comes along and explains the whole plot. But I suppose you can't explain too much because it is about the mystery. This is the story. It's This is their society in part one. Part two is searching. And you have to carry on searching because once you get the explanation, it's all sorted and it's done. Yeah, if you but see what I mean. so they you leave have the explanation to, late anyway. But you have to have it late because that's the end of the story. And actually, I thought then he's basically so essentially okay. Arama, this Arama. Under, underground city. <laughs> so back in the day, there was supernovas. Yep. Which devastated the Earth's surface and blah 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 blah. Terribly. Blah. Anyway, they sent off two rockets into space: Challenger One and Challenger Two. Now to find other. Another Earth, basically, for civilization to live and on. Because that is these... the Earth search story. And that's Earth Challenger. search of Challenger out there, yeah. Trying to find the Earth again. Mm. But some of them stayed behind. I think not many. They said it was like 1% of the population of the Earth, something like that. They were ravaged by radiation from the supernovas. He calls the supernovas a misnomer because, uh, but he, they kept the name supernova out of respect for old Earth or some bollocks like that. That's the sort of. <laughs> 
dialogue that we're dealing with here. Anyway. <laughs> Colin Baker does that very well. No, he knows well, what Colin he's doing. Colin Baker was a lawyer. He could absolutely deliver a speech, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm, I'll this? say, Who? he's much better as the kindly old um, progenitor of this whole scheme than he is as the grand high judge in the first episode. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, the Earth's been devastated. They're creating Challenger 3. And most of the population are sent underground and protected into Aramar um, because... It, well, it's basically to protect society, isn't it? Because Protects them all underground because of all these ravages. And, and I think he explains, like, people were like... They built it because the supernova was coming. And then, then they were like, oh, actually, let's just live down here. Yeah, it's basically what it and is. They preferred it down there. Ten generations, they actually forgot about the outdoors yeah. and created their underground mm. society around this uh, God mm. computer. So essentially, what we're trying to get at is this: when Janine and you and break out or escape, <laughs> they're it tomorrow, people. You know, <laughs> know yeah. um, it's a, it's all been a bit of a test to see who actually can yeah. get past all of this, break out into the world, and that means they are qualified then to go on the next Challenger mission, which they are preparing outside. So it's all been a big hoax, really, in that underground city. So this this journey That's we've been on with them is it deliberate. Is. It's so deliberate. It is they deliberate. want they want yeah. people to break to break out of yeah. the of Aramar and those are the people that will be sent on challenger number three. And then Ewan becomes the captain of challenger number three, which in a way that makes it the prequel because then you could sort of see that that challenger in Earth Search the Radio Four series is them on their way after they've done all of this stuff on Aramar. So it doesn't directly tie, like we said, but it, it can. You can link it up if you want to. But okay, where the drama is in this thing, yeah, isn't that Colin Baker has gone? Ha ha! You've done what we wanted all along and escaped out of Aramar. The the, the drama of this thing is: should Ewan and Janine, who they've fallen in love and had a couple, on, is there a bit of a sex scene in Halfway well, Part Two? Once there ain't a sex scene. Just, I they, hear a zip opening. They, they basically. <laughs> I had a zip. They basically just go. No, she said. No, she's. What's she say? Oh, we better have some sleep or something. She's like, oh, I'm not tired. Zip. Something like that. You get that off. I don't think it went. Zip. That was a bit of an extra bit, Mister Follet put in. Yeah, Jacqueline Rayner, maybe India Fisher was getting horny that day. Anyway, what's I saying? Colin Baker. No, yeah, no. The drama of the situation is in the decision of whether they stay or go. But we don't get any of that. We, the conversation we get, we get 15 minutes of Colin Baker explaining the plot, yeah? Mm. And then we get two minutes of, um, what's his name? Ewan. Ewan. Basically, she goes, oh, well, we could have a garden and a house. And he's like, no, I'm going on a spaceship. Come on. No, well, they're in love and they want to stay together. So whatever decision, they either stay or they go. But, but. We never understand the implications of these people discovering that the society that they were they brought up in... all take it in their stride. They're not really shocked throughout the whole thing. They like, are just like... If somebody suddenly said to me... It's like the Matrix. It's all like in three days, the whole universe has completely changed. If and somebody said some... to me, you know, oh, yeah. Joe, you're, like the Truman Show, your whole life's yeah. a lie and you've been in a reality show your whole life and... You know, and your partner is is fake, and so is your mother, and so is there. I'd be like, what the fuck? I'd have an epistemological quandary, <laughs> yes. you know. And you and he killed his brother in this whole fake uh, Diablo thing as well, which he gets over very quickly. So yeah, there is a whole 
But it's three 45-minute episodes. There's only so much you can do. Mark, that is three hours, nearly. <laughs> I know. Three hours to explore. But I think this is more We've about... had... No, hang on. This is the mystery. Hang on. We, like, well, we had an hour-long Bernie Summerfield release set in uh, Nazi-occupied Jersey that dealt with serious themes and strong emotional implications of things going on. They can do it in an hour. They can do it in three. And I'm wondering if the problem is either... The characterization of Ewan, who basically just, like you said, takes every fucking thing in his stride, or whether it's the performance. I don't think it's really there in the writing, but I certainly don't think it's there in the acting. He's not strong as a lead in this. No. Or should say, India Fisher props everything up. No, 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 yeah, but she does it. Me. She does it through being excitable and enthusiastic. But yeah, but I don't I, think, I, I'm listening I don't for think her she, when I listen she to She really puts across the implications of their entire worldview being deconstructed either. No, no, not at all. And then you get the big revelation, Colin Baker's actually Ewan's father. Oh my God, this, this is the funniest <laughs> thing. As well, very Mark, quickly. Mark said to me, while we're listening, he goes, oh, for God's sakes, because well, all these revelations are hitting all at once at the end. He goes, oh, and I bet he's his dad as well. And then literally two minutes later, he's like, and by the way, I mixed my DNA with your mother's. <laughs> I am your father. I went, no. I said, you've been too many watching too many fucking episodes of Neighbours I swear <laughs> but it's enjoyable though although you don't have all that it's an, it's a nice easy listen and it's much more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be I thought this was going to be a tough complicated thing you after know I don't the, like my the first complicated things yeah I think we listened to the first installment several times once you get past that and you get into that world and I, I want I'd love to hear more of this world and I want to hear the Radio 4 Earth search well, now. you've got it but I mean I don't know if that is because that's so old I, now Mark's actually got the cassettes of it <laughs> do we have a cassette player yes we do okay. <laughs> um, but I, I I want to hear India Fisher off into space you know well, you're not gonna you know. know no i know i know <laughs> but they could have carried this on they could have done a bit more of original stuff if they wanted to i mean i doubt this sold very well oh, well I, they never did anything like this again did they all the spin-offs they did after this were doctor who related well, no, not spin-offs. until much later on when they did their one-off audio special you know uh, big finish originals Oh, I suppose well now, I suppose, and, yeah, well, uh, well, emotional no, that's, intelligence. That's drama, and... that's drama showcase. No, you know, Shilling and Sixpence and all of that lot. I don't think that's so very well. Blind Terror, oh, all of those sort of download-only ones. I think if they were doing it now, this this would be one of their sort of... Well, it's originally I think their more successful spin offery has been of established TV shows, like well, Dark yeah. Shadows and... Yeah. Survivors, but as, a, as an like early that. thing, this makes sense. If you're going back to 2001, Big Finish, I think this makes sense that they would try something like this. Do you think this is very niche now, though? Like it's it's a kind of unique thing, isn't it? Like I mean, I'd never really heard of it. We saw it in a a, a two bit shop in Brighton. This CD, like along along well, with no, I knew, Big Finish, I known CDs. that they'd done it because I had heard of the Earth. So I'd never been interested at the time to get this. And we're only doing this because it's on our journey. Yeah. But, but it is funny, though, that I, the I've, moment we started listening to this, it went on sale for Big Finish for 48 hours. Special flash sale yeah. out of, like... Mark was like, so annoyed, he swore at Big Finish. I, I couldn't believe... Like, so it's still... It comes up in their sales every now and then. Well, they've probably be, got some of the CDs to flog. Well, no, that, no all the it. CDs are out print and not available. Okay, well, I think you're a bit kinder on this than I am. 
I think as as an overall, I suppose you, you're comparing it to all of the other Doctor Who stuff you've heard and everything else. But if you, no, I'm taking it on its own terms. Okay, but okay. Well, may I sort of summarise the experience of listening to this? Okay. Well, because I think, I think it is a bit mixed in how it's written. I certainly think <clears throat> it's structured in a very strange way. I think Jason Hay Ellery's direction is not great. I don't think. And do you know what? There was moments where the music was playing, right? And the the, the that that musical track starts again. So it ends, and then you hear the musical track start again. And it's like, okay, this is early days for Big Finish. Well, poor Leon, he's trying to act and press all the buttons and do the music at the same was, time. I don't think he was acting and doing the music at the same time, honestly. I mean, and it is a fairly small cast, isn't it? So they are... Well, it is, in a way, in terms of the main for, character. For such an epic story. I think they draw... Oh, it also features Michelle Livingstone from Sword of Orion. Oh, don't you go on about her again. Um, but everybody else in it is just has like one or two parts. It's really just the two leads and Colin Baker, in a way. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, I I I would have I would have had the revelations here at some point in episode two. I would have had the characters um, go through the experience of (laughs) you know learning that their entire society is a massive lie and actually sort of having some discussion about that and about how they're going to have to change the way they think and all of this. It is very quick, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a little bit like, well, Blake, you know, Blake Seven, the first episode where he's out, where they're in that dome. Well, it's funny you should mention Blake Seven. Because there are, you know, you've got, a, there's a Tarrant in this and there's, all the, all the names are very Blake Seven-y to me in a way. Did Had you know, woman. did you know that James Follett wrote two episodes of Blake Seven. Oh, my God. Yeah, two of the most notorious episodes of that. <laughs> he wrote Dawn of the Gods for Series 3, uh, or Series C, I think they do letters on Blake Seven, and um, Star Drive from Series B, uh, Series D, sorry, the last season. And if you would mind indulging me, I've written down a couple of quotes from Doc Oho, who, on Blake 7. Uh, on his Blake 7 oh, episodes. God, okay. okay. So, <clears throat> Dawn of the Gogs, Doc, Doc Ho says, more like an episode of Star Trek where the crew uh, have to try and figure out a way out of a spatial phenomena than a gripping slice of Blake 7 with all the affiliated drama. Dawn of the Gods is a curious piece, but never quite comes together, but cannot be said to not be trying. Okay, which is sort of what you said about it's, Earth Search in a way. It's very hard science fiction. Well, that's what I get the impression that he does best. Very, it's like a, it's like a bulging boner hard of science fiction <laughs> in Blake Seven terms. And then of Star oh, Drive, do you not remember Star Drive? It's the one with the space punks. No. Oh, a, no. Do you remember? Oh I, oh, I don't think I got through all that one. And I said, like the chase and time and the Rani, though. Its sheer awfulness manages to do a complete circuit and reach status of high camp grandeur that I am incapable of resisting. It's the episode where they bring in Barbara Shelley. She's the woman who played the religious nut in Planet of Fire, you know, the woman? Oh, right, yes. Oh, yes. She's in it as a scientist, right? And at the end, she gets blasted by radiation to uh, get the spaceship out of there. I'm not sure what the spaceship's called in series... Of Blake Seven, it's not the Liberator anymore, Scorp- is it? Not Scorpion. Scorpion. That's it. 
and Avon's gone so batshit crazy, they all say at the end, but Avon, what about Dr. Plaxon? And the camera zooms in on his face and he goes, who? <laughs> and then it ends, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, and that bit makes me laugh every time. It's so over the top. James Foley, I respect you for that ending because it's amazing. Um, do you know, he's had an impressive career, this fella. Like, he wrote 20 novels. Um, his first one was in 1976 called The Doomsday Ultimatum. And his last one was in 2009, which was called Hellborn. And that's a fair, like, most people don't have a novel published. Yeah. He had 20, and Earth Search, Earth Search 2, and Earth Search Mind Warp are in there. I think Earth Search was probably his greatest success. Yeah, I mean, that's all we've known him for. He died, time. he died in 2021. Oh. And he, um, his day job, he was a technical writer for the Ministry of Defence. Oh, so he was clearly... Oh, my a... God, Arima is real! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's it's happening right now. Oh, my God, it's, it's under underground. the earth! <laughs> India Fish the is under the knows. earth! <laughs> She's a government agent! <laughs> oh, my God, it totally... It is something that I you can't see happening. It's yeah. probably not all these science fiction novels are probably all true things that he's had to work on. I think, you know, when... Um, Challenger has been built somewhere secret. You know, Malcolm, Malcolm Hulk wrote Invasion of Dinosaurs. Yeah. Ministry of Defence yeah. uh, with the filing cabinet that goes down there's, there's that a filing it. cabinet there somewhere isn't oh, there oh no we're here Aramans we're here <laughs> come and find us everyone look out for Aramans digging up through your um, floor <laughs> <laughs> look out for India Fisher hello is anybody there <laughs> oh my god hello <gasps> oh my god I need some soup <laughs> does that mean no, Salp. Salp. <laughs> Does that mean Colin Baker's? Oh my God, Colin Baker. Well, no, Colin Baker's very clever. He's underground and he comes up here because he's, he's leading a double life. It wouldn't surprise me that Colin Baker <laughs> was the head of this grand scheme <laughs> to get us all off the earth. He comes up to record Big Finish then he goes back down to run Arama. <laughs> That's why he knows so much about it. He's not genuinely doing uh, convention appearances, you know. He's nabbing those Doctor Who fans and sending them down yeah, to Arama. Intelligent ones. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be our time looking in Doctor Who conventions, I'll tell you. If you ask him a scientific question, watch out, he's going to get you. Anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, I, I would recommend our search. If you want something a bit different, but it's still sci-fi. I mean, we were going to do start doing something on uh, Finish Big now, where we were going to talk about Bargain of the Week, aren't we? Because it's basically... Well, it's not Bargain of the Week, because it's gone up to twelve ninety nine again now for the download. What? what? How long was that offer for? It's like 48 hours. Fuck me, you've got to grab these so big finish sales quick. look out for this on a sale. It's like It was like seven ninety nine. I pay, yeah, seven ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine for all three is probably a bit <laughs> too much. <laughs> Twelve ninety nine for three hours of drama is not bad. Although I loosely use the term drama, if I'm honest. <laughs> Twelve hours of pulpy science fiction fun with India Fisher unzipping her clothes and I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too much sure what else to talk no, about. No, well, that's it. I think this time. But I'm I'm, I'm going to say it again one last time before we chip out of this episode. Probably our shortest one yet. Um, is that the structure of this bloody thing? Honestly, that 15 minute exposition dump at the end. It's so bad. Chris Chibnall could have read it out there. Unfortunately, Doc Oho did not 
No, we review anything no. for Earth Search, and you've got no chronology to fit in. Well, no, just that it, this is pre Radio Force Earth, Earth Search. And if you're going to do an Earth Search marathon for you Earth Search fans out there, and uh, we ain't going to do a quiz because we don't really know much about <laughs> no. Earth Search beyond Earth Search Mind Warp. Um, so, uh, Mark, I guess you should just tell people oh, what's where we're going next. next. Where are we going next? So we are dun, going to dun, another dun, spin-off series, a Doctor Who spin-off dun, series. Dun, 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 it's Dalek Empire Series 1. I am Susan Mendes. Oh, how many times are we going to hear that? <laughs> Get ready, everyone. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, written by, directed, starring... Um, Music by... By... Um, what's his oh, oh, God, um, what's that bit, man's bit, name? Dick, Nicholas Nick, no. Nips. Nicholas Bips. What's his name? Now. Nicholas. No. Uh, Nick, Big yeah, Nicholas so, Briggs, I think. Somebody. Who's, I don't know. He's written a few. <laughs> no, Five hundred stories or something. <laughs> um, no. Uh, written, directed, starring by Nicholas Briggs. Now I'm going to say this before we even go into Dalek Empire. This is when Briggsy was in the zeitgeist. You know. This is where he was still considered to be producing stellar work. And I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised. Mm, yeah. So join us next time for that. And in the meantime, remember... Finish, finish big! big. <laughs> Adam up. Adam up. <laughs>